We're going to pause here because we just want to tell you something. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So let me explain. The first point is it's free. Yeah. Second, they have all the tools that you need to create, record, and edit your podcast right on your phone or your laptop. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can hear it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other places. You pick up sponsorships, you can make money from your podcast, and there's no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Always be closing, Mike. Always be closing. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, and welcome to 15-Minute Film Fanatics. I'm Dan. And I'm Mike. So here's how this is going to work. We're going to talk about a movie. It might be a new movie. It might be an old movie. We're going to talk about it in three different segments. The first one, we're going to talk about our gut reactions. Part two, we're going to talk about our best scene or a key scene. And then at the end, part three, we're going to talk about the title or the last scene or a big takeaway. We're going to have little alarms go off every five minutes to keep us on track. And we promise not to go too long so we can keep things moving. Our first uh, episode is going to be about The Irishman, right? Scorsese's uh, new movie that everyone's talking about. Everyone's going gaga about on Netflix. Mike and I have not discussed this yet. We've seen it independently. We've been watching the movies and talking about movies together for a long, long time. So this is kind of exciting. We have not shared our gut reactions yet. So let's start the timer for the first segment. Mike, you're up. Gut reaction. My gut reaction on seeing this is that this is not a Scorsese movie. It's, uh, it, I wrote down no flow, no fun. Uh, I love uh, Scorsese's work. I love pretty much anything else that that he's ever done and one of the keys to a scorsese movie is i always feel like i'm in good hands and i, I always forget that i'm watching a movie the movie yeah, i think casino is like two and a half hours long or something feels m- maybe like an hour to me because of how i get carried away by the film uh, i was reminded at almost every moment of this film every kind of dead beat uh, that i was that i was watching a movie and i, I was a little bit let down by that all right let me, let me tell you why you're insane um <laughs> Which you must have you must have uh, anticipated, right? It's funny what you said about good hands because as as soon as it started, as soon as that he started playing in the still of the night and the camera tracked down the hallway of the nursing home, I knew I was in good hands. My gut reaction was actually, oh, like he's back, like thank God, like this is gonna be. I just knew as the camera tracked down and sees Scorsese in the wheelchair. Um, so that's funny. You said no flow. Like I, I kept thinking for a movie that's that's this long, what scene would you cut? And I couldn't think of one. Really? Okay. So I, I mean, we can talk about other other stuff later, but let me let me tell you exactly what I would cut. Right. Go. So there's there's a whole uh, expository uh, moment that lasts about an hour. When I say moment, uh, in the in the beginning of the film, where you can you can cover a lot of what happens uh, just by one uh, key scene that we can get to later. But you know, when uh, when he's interrupted uh, blowing up the laundromats right. and he gets called in, right. and now you get, you got a table with two guys at it, and right. you know that. One, one guy saying, hey, you're in trouble. And the other guy yeah. saying, I'm going to make it okay. Really, that scene explains who everybody is. Right. You know, and it, it kind of seemed like instant exposition to me. And I felt like I had just wasted an hour getting to know uh, guys or seeing glimpses of guys in the future that, that really weren't necessary. Well, I don't think you wasted an hour. I think, I mean, the first hour is kind of like the education of Henry Hill. Yeah. With another character. But... Um, but so what? Like it was, I, and I, I feel like, but I feel like the education of Henry Hill is is funny. His vo- yeah. his voiceover is great. The character yes. pops off. Yes, uh, pops off the screen. When you get done, I you know I didn't see Ray Liotta in a lot of stuff after that because he was Henry Hill so right. so well. It, it was impossible for him to be anybody else. Well, after. this movie was it was a tremendous buzzkill. Yeah, it, absolutely. But I thought it was a great meditation on on memory. I mean, I think that's why in the Still of the Nights, the first song when they're saying "I remember," yeah, and it's this old man trying to, re, you know, obviously it's a it's a it's a gimmick to make him become the narrator. But 
Um, you know, what do those memories mean? What, what does that mean for this old guy to think back? And we'll talk about the Catholic stuff later um, and, and think about what he's done and what his life means. What does your life mean? I thought, I think the movie asked all those questions and I think it did it in a very Scorsese so way. So here, well, I, I both disagree. I'm the disagree. guy that and killed Jimmy Hoffa. That's all he is. I agree. I didn't say that it was a bad movie. Okay. What I said well, was, not so many what words. I said was, it doesn't, it didn't strike me the same way as a Scorsese movie. I, I expect, uh, I expect something different from him and it, it doesn't matter how old he is. I think that The Departed was a fantastic movie. Me too. I can remember dozens of scenes, dozens of lines, characters popping off the screen uh, to me from a movie that was just made, you know, 10 years ago yeah. or so. So I, I just expected something different. If, if you had told me that somebody else made The Irishman, I'd be right there with you. I'd be, I, I would say, it's about the value of life. It's about the value it of It had Scorsese's fingerprints all over it. Because, look, okay, the tracking shot through the nursing home right. is exactly like Henry held on to the Copacabana. But, but what do you do? You know, well, Casino is exactly like Goodfellas. Okay, Casino is exactly like Goodfellas. It's like Goodfellas Part Two, right? With the, with the same cast. Now, let me ask you one thing. Okay, go. Okay, what's a what's a great Joe Pesci line from Casino? You don't have to say it out loud, but just I can do one. I'm here now. I'm not here now. Okay, I'm not here now. <laughs> okay, now what's a great what's a great line? Same character, same guy, same director from The Irishman. A Joe Pesci line? Yeah. Um, that's the way it is. It's how it is. When he, when he tells him in the Howard Johnsons, it's just what you're doing. It's how it is. Or, um, oh, you got the good grape juice. <laughs> when he becomes Gollum at the end in jail, you got the good grape juice. There was a hundred great lines in it. All right. I I, I guess I, I felt like the, the writing uh, on the Irishman was a little bit stilted. Did you, did, I, you, did you go into it like with a chip on your shoulder? No. No, I, I wanted to like it so bad. See, it's funny because I went into it a little bit because, um, you know, I have this other side theory about how... Robert De Niro is becoming Jake LaMotta. Like, and that's a whole other episode we could do. Because I think he's like, the he's the greatest actor, you know, ever since Brando. I mean, I think he's the greatest living actor there is. But for, for decades, he just made these terrible movies. Like, After Raging Bull, that was it. You know, I saw him the other night. He was, I saw a clip of him in that movie with Anne Hathaway, where mm -hmm. he's like the old man of the office. Mm -hmm. and, like, and I'm like, what was he doing? This guy was Rupert Pupkin. He was Travis Bickle. He was Jake LaMotta. He was, you know, um, uh, Tommy Conway. All these great, forget about, you know, Vito Corleone and stuff. Right. And, and then I just want to, and then so he's, I think he's unhinged by like the Trump presidency. And I'm like, why are you going crazy like this? But within five minutes of the movie, I'm like, hey, he's so good. Like he's, he's back. You, so you weren't taken out of it at all by the de-aging? No, and I thing. thought I would be. And I was, and I was waiting to be because when I read about that, my gut reaction was, well, just get some new actors. Come on. Like, it, but, um. I thought it was great, and I didn't. It didn't distract me at all. I waited for it to distract me, but it didn't. I didn't read a single thing about the film, so I didn't actually know that yeah. that, that that would be happening. Uh -huh. And it took me right. I it took me a couple of minutes to realize what was going on. Yeah, um, but it did, that that didn't bother me at all. I mean, because I think the strength of the performances are what what carried it through. So that's that. That was my gut reaction on the whole thing. I thought it was a total. I thought it was a great capstone to Scorsese's career and to all those guys' careers, to Joe Pesci and and you know, uh, uh, someone said to me, um, "Well, they all play the same parts. They always mm -hmm. play." But I don't know, that's so he carried Grant. Yeah, I mean, I, that's you know, that's what they're great at. No, I had no problem with them being in the picture. I just didn't. I didn't see. Uh, oh, go time, ahead and finish. Didn't see what? Uh, I didn't see out of Joe Pesci what I expected. For example, out of, out of someone like Joe Pesci who always has a good time. All right. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to our second part. So now we're going to talk about key scenes, right? All right. So I'll start this part, right? So for me, um, you know, there were really two key... Everyone says now when you look, people say, oh, the big key scene is when De Niro has to call Jimmy Hoffa's wife. Mm -hmm. You didn't call Joe? You didn't call Joe? Another line I remember, by the way. <laughs> um, 
And so uh, he has to have his drink and get there. And that was all improvised that he sat at the edge of the bed. I thought that scene was like incredibly powerful. Um, but for me, the key scene was when um, Al Pacino as Jimmy Hoffa was holding one of his rallies <clears throat> and started saying, you know, if you're eating it, a truck brought it. If you're wearing it, a truck brought it to you. And he starts saying it with solidarity and making the guys chant solidarity because it struck me that that's what the movie's about. Like that's what the whole movie's about. It's about solidarity. It's not about a secret explanation for what happened to Jimmy Hoffa. It's about somebody put in a terrible situation where he had to make a decision and either way would have been the wrong one. And that's why I think when he um, kills Jimmy Hoffa, it happened so fast and so um, quote unquote non-dramatically. Mm. Like he walks in the house, he sees where they're cutting up the tile, they're going to mm. roll him up in, and he turns around and he goes, there's no one here, let's go. And then, he, and then De Niro has like a nanosecond to decide. And then he shoots him, he falls down, and as he says when they're burning the body later, he says, and that's all it was. That's all it was. It wasn't some big conspiracy. They burned his body up, that's all it was. So I think that that solidarity scene is the key because it's about somebody who knows he had a relationship with, relationship with somebody but he he blew it, and there was no there was no good way out of it. I I agree. I also I did actually like Al Pacino's performance yeah. uh, as as Jimmy Hoffa. Uh, uh-huh. You know, he, Pacino's always a lot yeah. of fun, uh, no matter what he's in. And he he had the key scene for me that I I guess gave me one of the one of the key points or one of the ways into the film as far as I understood it, which is uh, right after uh, Kennedy is assassinated yeah. and then he goes to the top of his building and he, he raises the he raises the flag up and I thought to myself oh my god, he's in his own country <laughs> and, that, that, and that's what it is it's really, it's really the laws, rules, and regulation right. of, of his own country right. which is kind of an open rebellion uh-huh. uh, against the uh, against the country that is and he's literally going to go upstairs and fly his own flag, which, the, you know, that scene made me laugh, some of the ice cream stuff in, in yeah. prison that gets that gets weird. It's very Pacino. Yes, I still have mine. You have lost yours. I still have mine. Yeah, yes, yeah. but I lost mine. Yes, I still have mine. That is yes. correct. I am done talking to you about this. As he starts to say, yeah, let me leave me alone. Let me let me get my ice cream. Um, you know, and I, I guess the other the other key scene uh, for me is the is the same scene that I alluded to, which is. It, the only unexpected thing or the or the moment that really got my attention is when he's about to do the job on the laundromats uh-huh. and someone calls him in uh-huh. and says, why, why don't we take a ride? Someone really needs to talk to you yeah. before, before you do anything, right. uh, which I thought was was great. Well, someone's very concerned. He yeah. says the voice over the beast, if they say they're concerned, they're really concerned. <laughs> but of course, that see that you said that that's too quick, but that comes up later because that's when Joe Pesci has to explain to him, like, look it, you have to, you, you got you got to make him understand. And De Niro tries so hard to make Jimmy Hoffa understand. He says, listen, you got it, you got it, you know. These guys are real serious. And I love when Pacino pauses and he goes, they wouldn't dare. And I, that's why I think his performance was so great, because you're right, he's in his own country. Yeah. Like, he can't imagine that anyone would have the guts to kill him. And then Joe Pesci says something like, well, they took out a president. They mm-hmm. can take out a president of a union. Um, and, you know, another key scene was, and I want to go back to what you said about not Scorsese-like. Um, you weren't impressed by the scene where they had the meeting and they had to bring in the little guy and he was 10 minutes late? That was Okay, that that was great. And I, If you're more than 10 minutes late, you're saying something. Well, the, saying something. The, other, the, other Scorsese, the, the other Scorsese scene is when uh, when Pacino's uh, chewing all the guys out <laughs> and then De Niro leaves the meeting puts his, puts his coat on uh-huh. and he has to he has to basically beg him to stay. Right. And just, I, I wasn't talking to you. I wasn't talking. Put, right. Take your coat off. Come yeah. on back inside. Now, somebody said great. to me, somebody said to me, and I thought that was a good point, that that scene didn't make any sense because De Niro would have known that Al Pacino wasn't yelling at him. Like, De Niro knows that he's only Al Pacino's assistant or his muscle, that the mistake was made by all the Teamsters guys. 
and that he only walked out of there so that they could write the scene where Pacino shows that he's closer to De Niro and says, "Oh, come on back, come back," to show their solidarity again. You know, so uh, you know, I thought that was kind of funny. I agree. I agree. I'm not. I'm not arguing for its merit. You know, on, yeah. on, on the basis of the screenplay, I'm, I'm arguing for its merit on the basis of I love De Niro and I love Pacino, and uh-huh. seeing the two of them play like that. that is, was, like I, when I was watching this, I, I felt to myself like I was watching the last 30 years of movies in one movie. I, I agree. I just, I, I just didn't. It's, it's not one that I would rewatch. If you said let's watch a Scorsese movie right now, I'd say, well, is Casino on Netflix? Right. Try to watch right. Casino. Well, The Irishman's on Netflix. <laughs> you know, um, what did you make of this thing? Because you know, a lot of people are spilling a lot of ink over this thing. Like, you know, how accurate is it? Because that never occurred to me. Like one doesn't matter. Not, yeah, it didn't occur to me like one bit. Like doesn't matter. Like whether or not this guy really, this is really true, or, or you know. I know it was based upon a book. Right, right. I heard you paint houses. But I thought it was a great, again, that, that idea about solidarity and that idea about, you know, um, can you be redeemed for what you've done? I think that's uh, I think that's a big, big theme of Scorsese's. No, I, I 100% agree. I think that the, the same theme that you're talking about when he uh, shoots uh, him in the you yeah. know, in the in the hallway, goes back to that scene where you shut, you see him as a uh, as a soldier, right? And he shoots the, the Germans are yeah, digging the ditch. They're, they're digging the ditch, and he, he says, you know, maybe they thought if they just did a good enough job that we that we would, right. <laughs> that we would let them go. So they they dug with everything that they had, and of course the the end result was was, was the same every time. So you did need the first hour. I don't I don't think so. That that could be a, a flashback anywhere. All right. Internet. Well, okay. All right. Well, we're gonna move on. Our timer's about to sound because here it goes. Here we go. Or we're ahead of schedule, Mike. Uh, we're ahead of schedule. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's move on to part three. Okay. This is the, uh, the last scene of the title or, or final things. All right. So here's my take on this. Or you want to start on this one? No, no, please. All right. So I, I, I've said for a long time, one of the things I like about Scorsese is he takes, he takes Catholic ideas seriously in a way that other directors don't. And I'm not saying that because I'm on some crusade or something like that. I just think it's interesting because no one else will do it. And I think the scenes at the end, because after, let me go back a little bit. Once he kills Jimmy Hoffa, you look at your watch and you say, this, there's another hour in this movie. So it was all building up to this. There's a whole other hour. Like, what, what can happen? There'll be some fallout and things like that. But I think those scenes with the priest, I think, were, were very interesting in the same way that the scenes with Clint Eastwood and the priest, Million Dollar Baby, were interesting, where the priest doesn't give him any answers. And you don't know. Like, is, is he forgiven? Is he redeemed? Like, I, I don't know. Is he even being sincere? Is he just old and afraid he's going to die? Um, but he becomes this dinosaur. And when he shows the girl who's taking his blood pressure the picture, and she doesn't know who Jimmy Hoffa is. And it was his big thing that defined his life. I mean, he didn't even have his own identity. He was the guy that killed Jimmy Hoffa. Um, and I think that that moment at the end where she leaves the door open a little bit, and just the way that Jimmy Hoffa left yeah. the door, because Jimmy Hoffa felt safe when De Niro was around, and he wants—he doesn't have it at the end. I thought that was really, really moving. And you don't know at the end—is he going to be redeemed? Just the way you don't know what's going to happen to, to Clint Eastwood's soul after the end of Million Dollar Baby, um, and just like in Raging Bull, that's what Jake wants. I mean, he wants to be redeemed, and and his his penance, so to speak, is to do that terrible one-man show. Mm-hmm. When, uh, when he makes fun of himself. I mean, I just think that's a big, big idea in Scorsese. And I think here, again, I don't think a young guy could have made this movie. I think it would have been flashier. Mm. But I think in the end, like, he, he takes those things seriously. I agree with you that he takes them seriously. One thing that I, I felt that the movie was maybe lacking that other Scorsese films don't is, uh, is the ability to shape something that actually happened, right? So Jake Lamont's actual... Right. Bo- actual boxer. Right. Everybody knows who the Raging Bull is. Right. He shapes a film in, into the Raging Bull. The titles 
leaping out at you right. and you you know it's it's both it's both accurate in his in his life that he is the raging bull it's it's inaccurate as you said when he does the you know it, it becomes ironic that right. he's that he's the raging bull on stage but he's nothing anymore give me a stage where this bull can rage right so you know and he's essentially king lear you <laughs> right. know, at, at the end of at the end of fear uh and that is a, the scorsese superpower and one thing that i felt that really didn't happen here is the story felt very very shapeless to me uh mm-hmm. in in, uh, essentially stuff is laid out very chronologically I think that I think he he does actually pay close attention to the interiority or what what's going on and in the serious concerns of the characters but uh, again I just felt that a, a more on the ball Scorsese or a different maybe a different release of the of the film would have produced a differently shaped film or maybe something that I was I was more prepared for from Scorsese it felt a little bit flabby to me uh-huh that's funny because I, again I mean I, 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 for some reason he keeps peeping his head up but Clarice would reminded me of um when he made Unforgiven he said Unforgiven captures everything I think about the western and I thought that was a great line about that movie about his career and okay. I think it was true like he he directed Unforgiven and when you watch that if you've watched all the you know all the Sergio Leone movies and, and the other Clint Eastwood movies that Unforgiven does kind of say like, here's here's what all these movies mean. Here's what they're all about. And that's exactly what I thought The Irishman was. I thought it was Scorsese saying, here's what all the, you know, here's what so much of my career has been about. It's all here and stuff is unanswered and stuff is answered. It's about the allure of crime. It's about the allure of the mob. It's about, um, it's about being manipulated by a director so you side with somebody you wouldn't side with Agreed. in real life. That's um, exactly what The Departed is about, right? That, so yes. Scorsese directed The Departed. Yes. You see a bunch of people assassinating people. You know, Jack Nicholson, as the gangster says, what's the difference between the cops and us right. in the first place? And then at the end, you're set up to, to witness a murder, and but totally cheer and say, thank you for having done that. Right, you know, that's you're, true. You're, that's and true. you're manipulated as a viewer. I didn't feel manipulated as a viewer. Right. By the, you didn't feel manipulated by the Irishman? No. Really? You didn't? See, I felt fully manipulated by it. Really? I, so, I was, so when he... When, when he when Jimmy Hoffa goes and raises the flag, yeah. you're, you're saluting the flag that he's raising. No, like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. but I mean, I, you know, I, you're always watching Al Pacino. You're always that, watching, you you're, know, yes, that's with this of hair and stuff like that. But I mean, I thought, I think a, a younger person, the whole movie would have been about the scene with the fish, which I thought was hilarious mm-hmm. when they're in the car. Mm-hmm. What kind of fish was it? It's so tense. That was like a Tarantino kind of scene. Mm-hmm. But I think that, um, I think he didn't make a whole movie of that. And I was appreciative of that because I think it made, the, the, it made, the ending resonate more of what does this you said King Lear like King Lear wonders what does my life mean I think it's what what Frank wonders at the end of his movie too all right time's up nice talking to you yeah same see you soon take care